Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Psalms 133 this evening. Uh, This is a a powerful verse uh, because the statement is made, um, the Lord commanded... Blessing there, life forevermore. For there the Lord commanded His blessing, life forevermore. What do I have here this evening? What is this? Okay. This actually is a, uh, is a connector. Is what this is. This connects them. And... Uh, It's designed to connect power. How much power is in this cord now? Absolutely right. And the reason why is it's not connected to the source. This is a picture of you and I this evening. Right here. If we are going to have any power at all, It's because we're going to be connected with God. You and I without God are powerless. We may have some natural ability. We may have some talents and some gifting and be able to do some things naturally. But in reality, without God, you and I are spiritually powerless. You can shake this cord. You can paint it, make it beautiful, create designs with it if you're artistic. You can put all kinds of labels on it. We could hang banners to it. We could parade it. We could exalt it. We could do all kinds of things with this cord. But the truth is, until it's plugged in, One, it's powerless. Number two, it's not accomplishing what it was designed for. There are three ways to connect with God. Perhaps more, but three I want to address this evening. If you're going to have God's power, you're going to have to connect. This cord here, one of these is a ground, but this was... 220 or three phase would have three. There's three ways that are critical. You can break off one of these and it's not going to function properly. You're going to have to connect with God's people if you're going to have power. You're going to have to connect with God's presence and you're going to have to connect with God's purpose. 
I want to read Psalms 133 this evening. Verse 1. Behold how good, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Here's a connection of people. It is like the precious oil running upon the head. The oil was the anointing. The oil had to do with God's power. Had to do with with His presence. Running down on the beard. The beard of Aaron. First it was oil upon the head. That's Jesus. It was oil upon the beard. That was the ministry. Those in leadership and ministry. Running down on the edge of the garments. That includes everyone in the church. Uh, the very newest convert to the oldest saint. Every form, every function, every part of the body. It is like the dew. Dew was a type of provision of Hermon. Descending upon the mountains of Zion. And here's that statement that's so powerful. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Father, we come tonight by the blood of Jesus Christ. I pray, God, you would stir your people. Give them revelation. Give us understanding, God. That we might be a people connected with your power. That we might demonstrate God. That we might understand that when, when you are able to live in us, the potential is unlimited in the earth. We thank you tonight for these people and all you do. God, stir us to great exploits in your name. Amen. I want to address first connected with God's people. In this scripture, it talked about unity. And so you have to ask, if I'm not blessed, maybe this is the problem. Because God created us for connection of relationships. We are to be connected with Him and His people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. These are two powerful connections. There's an incredible dimension of God uh, that's released when this happens. The term synergism, uh, uh, extrotential, all of these kind of statements. Uh, but the Bible says one will chase a thousand and two will chase ten thousand. This is talking about the power of God uh, when two people who know God, they're connected to God and they connect to each other. There's something far beyond their own abilities and talents. What one could do and two could do. Plus one plus one does not equal two when you're connected to God and each other. He says it puts 10,000 to flight. Psalmist said a threefold cord is not easily broken. One fold it can be broken. Twofold a little more difficult but still broken. But a threefold cord, again, he's talking about a unity. He's talking about when we connect with God's people, there's, there's a strength um, that the demonic has great difficulty of breaking as a pastor. And the older I get, the longer I pastor, the more I realize how critical this is. I pastor people and sometimes they go through problems or difficulties um, or they're always struggling um, and I ask myself, um, is it because they're not connected? 
See, you can attend and yet not be connected. I hope you're not just attending this service or this church. I hope you're connecting with people because this is, a, this is what the Scripture, if you want to be blessed, if you want God's power, if you want this dimension, a lot of people come for years um, and they struggle um, and they don't connect the understanding that part of the reason they're struggling um, is because they haven't linked to this one will chase a thousand to ten thousand. That's why God hates strife and discord. The Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren, evil speaking, because this breaks the connection. This anointing, as we saw here, it flowed down, as I said, the head, Jesus Christ, um, the beard, the priest, and etc., on down to every person. Um, uh, In a few weeks, we're going to have a missions rally. And what makes these work and what gives this church impact in the nations of the earth um, is that as a people we connect to each other for the cause of Jesus Christ. My heart passion would be that everyone here would make a connection in that missions rally. Tomorrow, as I mentioned earlier, what gives the impact um, is when we as a body of people, not just a few individuals, um, but we go into the streets. Uh, Jesus said, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house would be filled. Um, There's something that happens when you and I go public and we are connected as a people. I've seen this over and over. I've seen it in churches. There's 30 people, but when they're connected, powerful things. Every evangelist here knows what I'm talking about. There's a liberty. This releases the anointing. The blessing, he said, is commanded there. Over the years, every time I gave or made a commitment, we'll be taking pledges during the missions rally for six months. Uh, That's how we've been able to do what we did um, in the past and the hope of this future. But every time over the years that I've made a commitment to partner and connect with God's people in a pledge or giving, the blessing was commanded there. The reason why is because we joined with God's people in God's purpose. See, there's a power released when we, as a church, galvanize around a common vision. That's why we are where we are today as a fellowship. What is it, over 1,600 churches, uh, is we have galvanized around a vision. Go you unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is a powerful thing. I learned a lesson many, many, many years ago. First place I ever pastored. A little town, 1,700 people. Poorest county in the state of Illinois. Poverty. The whole community practically was on some kind of social aid or assistance or welfare. And you've heard me tell this, some of you, and, and, but I, I feel it's important tonight. I remember preaching a sermon as a young pastor and challenging those people. I was living in the Sunday school rooms. Had been living in the Sunday school rooms for a year. And uh, uh, me, my wife, two children. 
and the foyer and the Sunday school rooms. And I remember preaching a sermon, and it's like God inspired me out of Malachi. God said, bring your tithe and offering into my house and prove me if I'll not open heaven's windows and pour out a blessing. I remember preaching, let's really prove God. Let's give 90% and keep 10 I'm not going to preach that tonight. Relax, relax. But you know what happened? It was incredible. These people connected. I'm talking about teenagers working little menial jobs. Uh, they begin to get excited. I'm talking about retired people. I'm talking about pe- I'm, I'm not. I'm talking about uh, people. I'm talking about a community uh, that the economy of that community makes the economy in America today and in Chandler look like heaven's community. I'm talking about poverty everywhere. Preach that. They responded. Uh, largest offering in the history of the church. Uh, people are upset. You've heard me. The Baptist preacher come to straighten out my, my doctrine and et cetera. And, but you know, incredible things begin to happen. One thing that happened, a man moved from Minnesota. He moved to Carroll. And he didn't go to church there. He came to our little church. At that time, we were probably running about 50 people maybe. And he came to our church, um, and he said, Listen, I'm building a plant here on the Ohio River. And he says, I'm going to hire every man in this church that wants to work, um, and I'm going to hire you at the wages we pay in Minnesota. Every man in the church. I mean, we're talking about triple, a quadruple what the wages were in that depressed area. These men went to, not only that, God, supernatural. There was, a, there was a, a house next door. It was a HUD house. I don't know what they call them today. It was a government sub- subsidized house. And what people would do in that part of the country, they'd live in it in a while, and then they'd set it on fire and, and go about their business. They set it on fire. The fire department, only house they had probably ever put the fire out in their life um, uh, it just burned the inside a little bit. Um, and so then it was up for bid. And I'll never forget this man down on the corner. He was a, a, a slumlord. And, uh, and he bid on these houses. And he heard that we, we were interested in this house. And this man, he come up to the church, arrogant, ungodly. He said, preacher, forget it. That house is mine. I got more money than this church ever thought about. You'll never outbid me on this house. He says, Mark, I've got houses all over. I'm going to buy this house for peanuts and rent it. And he mocking. I said, listen, if God wants us to have that house, I don't care. You could have a million dollars, and it means nothing to God. They had an auction on the house. Guess what? His car broke down on the highway. He couldn't get there. We got that house for about $4,000. Some of the men in the church went to work on it. My wife and family and I moved in there. They still have it today. Can you give God praise in this place? Not only that, people begin to get saved and they pack, we pack that building, we enlarge that building up. Uh, We begin to do all kinds of things. Um, And what I'm trying to say, there's something powerful when God's people connect uh, into God's purpose. Uh, They move as one person. Look at the church in the book of Acts. Probably to this day, 
We know in the last days there's going to be a powerful move of God. But the most powerful church that ever lived. You can't read a page without signs, wonders, and miracles. But how many know in the upper room it says when they come out, they were in one mind and one accord. That's what They connected with each other. Not only that in Acts 5.32, now the multitude of those who believed were one heart and one soul. And the power of God was released. I know this is a time, they're using the word recession now. But just because there's a recession, does that mean uh, that we erase God's vision that He's given us? Does that mean we quit um, uh, putting churches into the nations of the earth? Um, My Bible tells me that if we'll fulfill this text, the Bible says God commanded the blessing there. In other words, I believe this evening, uh, if we'll connect uh, with each other in a common vision for what God has said uh, is His heart, uh, He can create a culture of blessing In this church, I don't care what's happening out there. I don't care what's happening down the street. But inside the culture of the congregation and God's people, He can command a blessing there. Diego shared with me this morning in the prayer room. He said, Pastor, I want to thank you for praying that prayer. If you were here, it was one side or the other. People needed financial help and grace and employment. He said, I've got so much work, I don't know how to do Every day my phone is ringing. God commanded the blessing there. You see, it's always by faith. As I said in the book of Acts, this is the most powerful church in history up to this point. Was the conditions favorable? No, there was persecution. They were driven from their homes. They were cast into prison. So how did they turn the world upside down? Because God got the glory. Because it was by faith and without faith will not please God. Ecclesiastes 11.4 He who observes The wind will not sow. The Living Bible says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. We've got to connect with each other. We also have to connect with God's presence. Powerful story of Jacob, Genesis 28. Here's a man that's going to connect with the presence of God. Behold... Verse 15, Genesis 28, I am with you. Some of you need to hear that. Behold, I am with you. That's God's presence. And will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land. I'll not leave you until I've done what I've spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And he called it Bethel, house of God. What made it the house of God was the presence of God. Church is not church 
without the presence of God. That's what made it the house of God. Tonight my prayer, and I pray often, that when you step through these doors, you'll not just step into a church service. You'll not just come into a place and hear me or someone else preach. But you will step into God's presence and hear His voice. This is the most important thing that can happen tonight in this service. Is what does God say to you? Hey there, Sermon Podcast listeners. This is Pastor Adam back with you again. Wanted to just take a second here to thank you once again for listening to this sermon podcast. We've had an explosive rate of growth and listenership for the past few weeks. And we hope that you appreciate these daily sermons to encourage you and help you. I just want to share a couple of ratings that we've gotten in the Apple Podcast application. Clint B. writes a five-star review. He said, I am so grateful for our fellowship. Thank you. This podcast, very helpful through the day. Uh, Bobby Sanford from North Carolina said, inspiring. Awesome to hear sermons that are encouraging and inspiring to the church. Uh, We could really use your help to add a couple more of these very helpful reviews. Uh, These do help us to get the word out about this podcast. I want you to know that we have a truly worldwide impact with this podcast from the United States to the UK, Australia, Ireland, Germany, New Zealand, South Africa, Netherlands, Canada, Romania, Afghanistan, Namibia, Vietnam, Switzerland, Kenya, India, Russia, Hong Kong, Ghana, Uganda, Guam, Meritus, Brazil, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Zambia, Japan, Jamaica, Malaysia, Israel, Ukraine. The list goes on and on of nations that are listening to these sermons. So we just want to say thank you for listening. Make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure that you're sharing these when you hear a good one. And please, if you haven't done so already, make sure you leave a five-star rating and a review of what you like about this podcast. Thank you again for listening, and back to the rest of the sermon. I'm amazed sometimes that people come to me and they say, Pastor, thank you. Thank you for that sermon. And they say, God spoke. And I'm thinking, that's had nothing to do with what I said. I, how do you, I, I mean, I, they're, they're talking about, oh, you were preaching and God spoke this and God spoke that. And I'm thinking, were we in the same service? But you see what had happened when the presence of God is there. God will speak. Here is Jacob. He's in the presence of God. And God spoke to him. And he said, this is the house of God. What he's talking about is the manifest presence of God. There's the omnipresent. That's the all-present. God is everywhere. There's the inner presence. That's when you're saved. You're, you're born again. It's Christ in us. Christ within you. Then there's the made known presence. This is when he makes himself known. When he makes himself real to you. When he speaks. What have I told you tonight? Uh, Bill Gates is here. Or Warren Buffett. He took a hit in the economy too. I heard and read, read an article that he just, where they interviewed him. 
I told you one of these uh, billionaires were here tonight. You, you might turn around and look. You might even shake a hand. And, you know, there'd be some interest, but you'd, you'd go on about your business. But what if I told you tonight and mentioned one of these men, and he lifted his hand and says, Pastor Campbell, uh, could I say something? And I said, well, what would you like to say? He says, well, I'm, I'm here tonight, and, and you people know who I am. And the reason I'm here, I want to give every family here $5 million. That's manifest presence. That's not just him being here, but that he's here and he's able to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Uh, I trust you can't. Maybe you can. Maybe you're a sleeper tonight and that wouldn't mean anything to you. But you see, this is the manifest presence of God. This is when he shows up and he speaks um, and he's able to deposit in you what you cannot deposit in yourself. He's able to give you what you cannot give yourself. He's able to save you if you're not saved tonight. He's able to deliver you. He's able to heal you. He's able to change you. He's able to give you what heaven has. He's able to take from His resources um, and His manifest presence um, is when they're not just resources in heaven, they're not just resources in Holland or India, or but they're resources in your life. That's His presence. What does He want to deposit in you this evening? That's what church is all about. That's what you came tonight. That's what church is all about. We must connect with God's people if we're going to see His power. And we must connect with His presence. He's exalted He announces His presence. He has liberty to do that. Tori was just telling me, and if you remember one of the sermons, we were talking about praying, and I'd mentioned praying and was encouraging you to do this, that everyone who pulled up in the parking lot, they'd be convicted. Remember? Remember that? When they drove by, remember that? That they'd be convicted. Well, word came back to me. Two young men, New Year's Eve night. They're going to go party. They're unsaved. They're driving down the street here. One of them says, you see that church? One of them said, yeah. He said, when I drive by there, I don't feel like partying. <laughs> and the other one looked at him. He said, you know, that's strange because I've been thinking about going to that church. You know, not only did he come to this church, he got saved and he's here tonight. Would you give God praise? That's the manifest presence. When you drive by, you can feel. He said, I call this place Bethel, the house of God. God surely was in this place. We desperately need that. We must connect with God. Our marriages, our children. You came tonight and you're of torment of mind. You can connect with God 
And he can give you peace where there's torment. You're struggling with doubts. You're struggling with unbelief. Uh, how many of you know the devil shows up sometimes with doubts and unbelief? Uh, listen, in the presence of God, that stuff looks foolish. At this altar, my prayer is that every time we assemble, at this altar you can come and whatever your need or your desperation is, God will meet you here and He'll provide what you cannot provide, give you what you cannot give yourself, give you dignity where you were filled with embarrassment and shame and condemnation give you hope where you were hopeless give you a destiny and a future where where you were living on a dead end street that's what this altar and I I I plead with you as a church pray and contend uh, this is why worship is so critical god inhabits the praises of his people That's why we must contend that we can connect um, not just with a a time and a location, but God's presence. Last of all, we must connect with His purpose. The power of God is released when you and I connect with His purpose. True God has an individual purpose. For everyone here tonight. He has an individual purpose for you. But he also has a purpose in the earth. Called his purpose. Divine purpose. And I believe many miss it here. There's people sitting here tonight. And you're missing it right here. There's a great huge mistake here. And the mistake is. We're always trying to find our purpose in God. It's not evil, but it's misleading. And I want to say this is the heartbeat of every individual on planet Earth. I'll never forget, about 28 years old, a little bit less, you, again, sitting on my mother and father's porch. My mom come out. I'm tormented. Connie and I are separated I'm filled with sin. And I remember mom said, son, what is the matter with you? I said, mom, there has to be more to life than what I'm living. What I was saying, there must be some purpose beyond this existence. That is not evil. Everyone I believe down inside is looking for this. But you know how you find your purpose in God? Is when you begin to do His purpose. And you know, his purpose begins. See, you'll never find individual purpose until you connect with Jesus. His first purpose tonight is that you be saved. You must be born again. Have to have a a miracle experience. They call it conversion. See, just being raised in church doesn't mean you'll find God's purpose. Just being raised, just coming to, just being a part of the church culture. That's the first purpose. But you know his second purpose? Is that you lay down your life for the kingdom of God. You will never find individual purpose until you lay down your life 
for the kingdom of God. Romans 8, 28, this scripture is a kind of a catch-all. You see it on people's refrigerator and they often quote it. We know that all things work together for them that love God and to those who are called, and here's the kicker, according to whose purpose? His purpose. Have you accepted, have you surrendered to His purpose? Or are you, I, here is what I want God, my purpose to be. You bless it. You'll never find your purpose until you surrender to His purpose. This is everything. All things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to His purpose. You have to surrender. You know, it's possible some things aren't working for get, together for good in your life. How many you ever thought that? Not only is it not working for good, it really looks like it's working for bad. Well, you need to stop and ask yourself, why? Why am I struggling so much? Why can't I break through? Why spiritually am I on this merry-go-round? Why does I put my hand to something, it looks well, and then it unravels and falls apart? Things are happening to you. Wasn't good at all. Could the reason be? You're all about your purpose and not his. It said. All God said I can orchestrate all things in life. I can take all kind of things in life. And make them turn out good. If you'll give yourself to my purpose. His purpose. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according, called into His purpose. If you're into your purpose, that scripture does not apply to you. You know, bad things happen to people and we'll come and say, oh man, all things work together for good. Well, they leave out the other part. Perhaps the most important. Oh, amen. So all things working together for good. I know it looked bad, John, but hey, it's going to be good, man. But, but it says good if you're living and surrendered to His purpose. Not, not just... So many people never find their purpose because they will not surrender to His purpose. Remember Ruth preached a whole series. Here's Ruth. She's in the field gleaning. Uh, you know, the reproach, the embarrassment. It's, it's, it's where the, the foreigners and, and the, 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 uh, those who were in deep poverty, they left a little bit in the corner of the field for the, those who, who were the offscour, the outcast. Uh, there was prejudice. There was, there was ridicule. There was... She, there was embarrassed. I mean, it wasn't, but she's laboring in the field. God's purpose. And you know what? She found her purpose. Boaz saw her. She married Boaz. She's a cursed Moabite. She marries Boaz. And guess what? She becomes in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Oh, if you'll just be about your father's business, the blessing is commanded there. 
just being about his business. You'll be amazed what will happen in your marriage. You'll be amazed what will happen. Blessing will follow you like a shadow when you're about his business. That's what he's saying. It's incredible. How many of you know we're created for God? God's not created for us. How many of you figured that out? If you can't get that far, you're in trouble. I might as well quit. You have to understand somewhere you are created for God. Not Him for you. And when you get born again, this amplifies. God has an overall purpose for the church. And every one of us, when we find and accept that, then our individual place and purpose becomes real. This releases the power of God. You make this connection. Let's look at the New Testament. A couple of thoughts and I close. Have this incredible power with God. You read it. Read the book of Acts. Why? Over and over it talks about unity. Connected to each other. House to house daily. Breaking bread. In fellowship. They're connected. Miracles. They were connected to His presence. In the upper room, the Holy Spirit came down, set upon each of them clothed in tongues as of fire. God's power, Acts 5.33. With great power, they witnessed. Also, the Bible says they sold things, brought the proceeds, laid them at the apostles' feet. They connected to a purpose. What about you? Are you connected tonight to God's presence? Are you connected to God's people? Are you connected to God's purpose? If you are, how many of you realize three, four years ago, God knew this. How many of you know God wasn't surprised about the economic state in America? Have you figured that out? God didn't say, oh, God, I can't believe. What, what happened to the housing market? What, what, what's going on? What happened? Gabriel, look, look at the stock market. My 401K just came a 201K. <laughs> How many of you know God, God, did, God didn't... God didn't I mean, you know, he knew. He's not surprised by any of that. He's not, he, he, he not shook up. He's not in fear and trembling. Oh, my goodness. What are we going to do? I mean, if you know, the reason we have an economic crisis is because we have a spiritual crisis. How many of you figured that out? The reason America has an economic crisis, they got a major spiritual crisis. If you unraveled the whole crisis, you'd find out that there's been a spiritual crisis in America. And it ain't over unless there's some heavy repentance takes place. You cannot take God out of the schools, God out of the courts, God off the streets, and lift up perversion that's beyond description. And flood a country, flood children. I mean, you can't do that 
without there becoming crisis upon crisis upon crisis. But my point is, does that mean we quit doing what we're doing? Does that mean we cast away our missions rally and our vision to plant churches in the nations? You see, my opinion is, just like as I was, I was thinking about this when I was in Holland and on my way home, actually got this sermon the night before I left. I was waiting for my flight in Amsterdam. You know what I was thinking about, and I close. The thing that was so incredible many years ago, and we have our own story here. I remember when we bought this property, got pictures of us standing out here on the gravel with shovels. But you know, God, God got the glory. And He's still getting the glory. We've ordered 200 more chairs. Should be here. I'm praying by Easter. They keep supposed to be here this month. We're hoping they don't keep backsliding on us. But you know what? You know what the thing, the overriding thing is through it all. God gets the glory. Remember Peter and John, and they looked at them, and they said, you know what, these are common people, but we cannot deny they've been with Jesus. And they turned their generation upside down for God. I believe we can do the same thing. I doubt if Bill Gates will show up and offer every family of five million. But you know what? If God shows up, we are multiplied millionaires. And you know what? I'm wanting my 401k in heaven. Not just, you know, they lay it up for retirement. I want to lay some up for eternity. I want when I get to heaven, amen. I step through eternity. I want to have things waiting. And that's what happens when you and I connect and give to God's kingdom purposes it's eternal and nobody can steal it it will not rust it will not decay no thief can take it away and he commanded the blessing there can you give God praise in this place today we thank you again for listening do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox make sure to sign up at our website vbph.org if this message has been a blessing to you would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation please visit our website vbph.org and scroll down to find the give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.